Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Uh, oh, hello. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the uh, episode in the series uh, Please hit the subscribe button We put out three new interviews every single week It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists And discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR YouTube for the video version Anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, I'm Kyle Meredith, and today talking with Frank Turner about his new album, FTHC. It's his uh, ninth record, actually, and one that just recently landed at number one in the UK album chart, marking the first time that he's done so. So the uh, English singer-songwriter, we're going to talk about his uh, 50 States and 50 Days tour that he's currently on, writing about addiction, acceptance, and mortality, and about his friend Scott Hutchinson of Frightened Rabbit's uh, Suicide. Now, Frank's also going to go on to talk about wanting to eventually make a classic country record, as well as his appreciation for the genre's craft. So let's do it. Talking FTHC, it's Kyle Meredith with Frank Turner. Hello, how you doing? First off, congratulations on this album. I have just, it knocked me out. It sucker punches me in, uh, in the good ways and in the, the beautiful, hurtful ways, if that makes sense. I mean, this is everything I want out of an album. Well, thank you very much. That's kind of you to say. Uh, I know uh, beyond that, and we're going to jump into the deep end of this record here in a minute, but uh, the, the tour, um, as you told me off camera, you're on an off day right now. I don't know how you have off days because I saw the schedule for this year. 50 states in 50 dates yeah um are you uh, mad yeah probably like i um the the idea to do 50 50 states in 50 days has been around for a little while and obviously it's been on the back burner because of pandemic and everything and i wanted to hit the ground running when we finally got a chance to tour properly and and so this idea has been 
uh, dusted off and come out of the cupboard. It, it is insane, um, and it's my fault. It's my idea. Um, but, you know, I like a challenge. And plus, at the moment, I've got three states I've never played, which are Wyoming, South Dakota, and Hawaii. So if nothing else, I will uh, complete my, my sheet. I'll get a clean, clean record uh, on that one, which will be nice. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, how are you taking care of yourself? Not just exhaustion, but, uh, you know, as a vocalist and all that stuff. Like, sure. are these factors added into it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, like one of the main things is I'm probably not going to drink for the whole tour. I don't really drink to excess generally anyway, but uh, these days, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, it does affect your voice. So it's going to be uh, probably a more sober tour. I mean, it's also worth noting that I'm not playing every single day for 50 days. We're doing kind of like a matinee show and an evening show a few times which buys us a day off every time we do that some of which we need for travel reasons um hawaii is quite far away um uh so you know we'll get through it i'm also i'm in the middle of trying to get in touch with uh, do you know george thorogood right yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he's, he's the only person who's ever done it before in 1981 before i was born he played 50 states in 50 days and he actually did a show every day for 50 days um which, which is, is crazy. what makes him bad to the bone yeah, well, he's also, I might add, still touring like a total maniac. So um, getting a hold of him is proving easier said than done. But uh, I figured that it would be cool to like sit down with uh, with a veteran before the tour and maybe afterwards as well and discuss <laughs> what I'm in for. It also takes care of that whole thing. Like once you announce the tour, inevitably you'll have all those fans like, oh, you didn't come here. Like, Yeah, you know, that was part of the motivation. It was like trying to finally do a tour announcement that didn't have complaints about where we weren't going. Unfortunately, it didn't work this time either because of Houston, San Francisco and Pittsburgh um, are the three that have been uh, roused in their ire, should we say. But I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's as close to that as I'm ever going to get. Yeah, no, if you're complaining at this point, no. Nah, you don't get it. Well, I'm traveling quite far. I'm traveling quite far to get to this tour. So hopefully some people, some other people can do some traveling too. <laughs> well, I, the the one fun thing, you know, as we get into this record, it, I, I'm sure that's not obviously not lost on you, but it finally gives you the moment on the song, The Gathering. This is a song that came out uh, about a year ago and, and about this celebratory moment. Like, sure. like this is finally seeing that moment, right? Because you, you sort of wrote this on an assumption, I guess, when you first put it out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly, let's say it was a forward-looking song, um, you know, an aspirational song. Um, and I think one of the things that I've learned, and I, th I almost knew this at the time, but like, like a lot of people, when the pandemic sort of and the lockdown began, and we all sort of grasped that it was going to be longer than the three weeks that we were initially promised and all the rest. Um, I think a lot of people for a long time, myself included, sort of thought there would be a kind of finish line, you know, when they would ring the church bells and we would run into the street and hug and open mouth kiss and do a suckle pit or whatever. And um, <laughs> and it's not as cut and dried as that. And for reasons that are now obvious, you know, and I, and I want to be respectful of the fact that some people remain uncomfortable about going to shows and I don't I don't hold any that against anybody. I get it, um, you know, and, and we're trying to sort of be responsible in the way we tour and all this kind of thing. But at the same time, like I've been fortunate to have a few moments that have sort of felt like what that song is about already, um, you know, and it is a pretty um, it's a pretty special thing, you know, like um, it, one can't have this discussion without quoting Johnny Mitchell, which is never a bad thing to do anyway. But um, you, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, you know, live music is my passion and my livelihood and my 
hobby and all the rest of it. But like, I think even for people who are less immersed than I am over the last um, couple of years, it's become apparent how important that was to a lot of people. And it's a wonderful thing to get it back again. Yeah, I, uh, I, I went to a few shows in, in the past week and not really realizing, and two of them were stadium shows and one of them was a smaller venue and not really realizing exactly how much I had missed it, you know, and to be so different. One of the shows was Tool and the other one's Billie Eilish. So it was really the 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 spectrum right there. Yeah, and, sure. and both of them just as celebratory. And man, I'm saying obvious things, but that feeling, like you can't put, you can't put a word on that. Right. Well, I mean, at the risk of getting highfalutin for a second, if you'll forgive my use of the word highfalutin, um, uh, the, the, um, you know, there is definitely a collectivist kind of um, part of the human psyche. And this is not a new, this is not an original observation, incidentally, but like, you know, historically, religions played a big part in that, or some people get it from sports, and some people get it from yoga classes, and some people get it from live music, you know, and it's an, it's an important thing. I think it's a necessary kind of soul food, you know what I mean? And like one of the things about the last couple of years is that human beings are social animals. And whilst I'm not for a second one of these lockdown skeptic types, nevertheless, like it's unsustainable to do that like permanently. Do you know what I mean? It's like we have to commune with each other at some point in some fashion. And, um, uh, you know, it's 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 quite powerful when you get the opportunity to do that again. Well, uh, you will be hitting Louisville. Luckily, it's not across mm. the states uh, when you come here to the Mercury Ballroom. So I'll be excited to see that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I will be I will be up on my pronunciation of the name of your city, <laughs> which is something I've long struggled with. I was just saying this in a different interview, too, uh, because inevitably when I say Louisville, that will come up a lot of the time. And no matter how hard I try, it's not something you can really explain to someone how to do that. What, what I've gotten to is most people make the mistake ultimately not on the slurring of the first half the lul because that's that's sort of easy it's they can't get past not saying vil yeah yeah so louisville you're gonna have to do it the same way yeah a friend of mine who's from louisville um actually louisville is that right louisville Louisville. Uh, uh, basically (laughs) told me that you you start saying the name of the town and then you give up Right? About halfway through, yeah, you just—it's like you were going for it, and then you just went ah. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. they'll get it. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, either way about it, you are bringing this again. Mm. Great yes. new record. Great new record. Thank FTHC, you. which you have mined your soul for, and in in um, in return landed a number one record yeah which is um which is awesome i mean it's a strange feeling like when i was a kid it was a point of pride for me that i didn't like any bands who were in the charts and i had that traditional (laughs) punk rock disdain for the charts as a concept and i would have uh, i looked with disgust upon bands who were in the charts i mean of course as my friends have pointed out this was possibly because it was wasn't remotely within the realms of possibility for me at the time so it's easy to do um i mean there is still a part of me that thinks the whole thing's kind of a sats and all the rest of it but it Nevertheless, it's an achievement. It took a lot of work. Um, uh, and and I feel quite proud to have done it on album nine, you know. Um, but my reaction to getting the number one, it, and, and I have a very dear and old friend of mine, Dan from the band Bastille, um, mm-hmm. uh, got the number one the week before. And, and we were both chatting about it and um, talking about how the feeling isn't, it's not quite hooray. The feeling's more like, yeah, mm-hmm, like mic drop and sort of... <laughs> Like and and kind of like yes I can actually 
if I want to. Um, and then also in brackets, and I'm never going to try and do this again because it's a nightmare. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very proud of it. It's, it's a cool thing. And, the, and I get a little statuette, which is nice. You know, reaching that, I, I get what you're saying because I, I call it my Adbusters days. You know, I, I had my Adbusters days through my teens and 20s too. And, and to me, the realization is not like, here you are, you know, hanging around in the top of the charts. It's you've produced something that so many people connected with. And the fact that what you've produced is not generic broad topics as a lot of the pop yeah. charts you know have. I mean, this is real shit. Well, I mean, it's 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 there's a sense of satisfaction as well. I never, I will never talk down any of my previous records. I'm fiercely proud of all of them. But like this one was definitely a case of like, fuck everybody else. I'm going to make the record I want to make. And like, not not that I've ever really been otherwise inclined but it's there's something there was something very i think the lockdown sort of helped with that because i just wasn't seeing anybody and you're just sort of so kind of isolated almost it was just very kind of like tunnel vision for what the record was going to be and um it's kind of, and it's a very it's i guess the way i would describe it is it's a record that follows my first musical instincts i was trying really hard not to second guess myself and to just allow my influences free reign you know uh, in a way um some of which incidentally uh, are very much louisville based um crank good. that was really yeah. good crank records um from uh from louisville in the 90s was a huge deal for me and all those kind of bands was a big part of my musical upbringing um i used to write off and get the crank records catalog in fact a mail order from it um, oh, that's awesome at, at the time i believe that louisville which i pronounced wrong at the time as well uh was a sort of mystic foreign land full of incredible bands and uh and it is it is i mean <laughs> but um anyway but my point with the record yeah so it's it was kind of it was quite it was unforced it was unadorned it was just me kind of like plowing my own fire and it, of all of the records I made for this to be the one that gets to that top slot it's quite satisfying it's, it's yeah. quite surprising in its way as well in the sense that you know it was like I'm not trying to please anybody else and then suddenly I did who knew well like I said especially when you get into the subjects that we're talking about um I'll point out like the the opening line of uh untainted love which oh yeah first hear that I mean this is the part that we don't hear about very often you know when it when it sure. comes to addiction it's that constant want afterward yeah absolutely i mean instantly the first line of that song is a is a is a johnny cash quote um that is apparently what he used to say after grace he'd say i sure do miss them drugs and then eat his food which is insane um but beautiful uh but yeah i mean you know addiction has been a, a part of my life and and always will be and like the one of the jumping off points for the writing of that song was that i was trying to explain it to my wife you know a big part of me cleaning up that side of my act was meeting my wife and her kind of going jesus christ um uh and you know and for her encountering drug use in a way that was not recreational was a new thing for her and you know it is in my past now it's in my rearview mirror for the time being constant fight and this is kind of what i was trying to explain to her is it was like i think about drugs three times an hour let's say um you know if i hold any hotel room key or credit card I'm thinking about drugs every single time i walk into a bathroom stall in a bar or anything like that there's a part of you that checks out your landscape you know and it's just there and it will always be there and and it was i was trying to explain this to her about how sort of constant that is and i suspect always will be uh, you know i i'm comfortable with it now it's not a thing it's not an impulse that i'm giving into but it's it's an ongoing thing and trying to explain that to uh, and, you know, and, and it's with so many of the songs on the record, it's not a very metaphorical or like particularly like um, uh, flowery lyrics kind of record. It's pretty just telling it how it is. And it's like, 
you know, I sure do miss them drugs and not giving the slightest fuck. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 it right there. Yeah, but but even direct lyrics and, and you've always been known, you know, to be a lyrical person, which, you know, the, the trick that you pull off, though, because to be direct and to be poetic at the same time, I don't know if you can pinpoint it, but where does that come from? Because because that's the something that we've always kind of leaned into on your music is is the stories that you tell. Did sure. this come naturally for you just to be lyrical in this way? Um, I mean, I've been trying to write lyrics for a long time. Let's say that, you know, so and, and with varying degrees of success and like, good Lord, no, you may not listen to my band when I was 15 um, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but like, I think that there's been an interesting kind of confluence of influences for me. That was a bad sentence. There's an, an interesting confluence of ideas for me. Just like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of. Adam mm-hmm. Duritz and um, John K. Sampson and Adam you know, Duritz uh, right here. There we yeah, go. There, um, go. there it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's been a confluence of those kind of things, but also with a health, hefty dash of Black Flag, you know, and like mm-hmm. um, I've always, I just, adore, you know, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. My head really hurts. If I don't find a way out of here, I'm going to go berserk because I'm crazy and I'm hurt. And it's like, it's not fucking around. It's just telling it how it is. And and I like to think that somewhere in that kind of melange is 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 something that I do that's got its own place. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's for other people to judge ultimately. But yeah, there's there is a kind of directness that comes from my my love of punk rock records that is then mixed in with something more traditionally folky or lyrical or however you want to describe it. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, No minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, the other side of that and and playing into those words, you know, if if we're looking for themes here, the thing that kept arriving to me on these songs, um, whether it was an untainted love, whether it's Miranda um uh a wave across the bay which we're gonna get to uh anger and acceptance things sort of start with the anger maybe but you make it to the acceptance it seems like in every single one of these songs did you notice that as you were going through it uh not so much when i was writing it but when i've been doing interviews about it it's become very apparent to me that you're correct (laughs) um i think you know acceptance and also i would throw in kind of like in parallel wrapped up in that is a sense of kind of getting older i turned 40 um in december and um you know there is uh, one of the major things for me about getting older is trying to find a way of accepting it because there are certain people who kind of leave their um flush of youth behind and take it badly do you know what i mean they take it like somebody who, who got dumped and is still standing outside their ex's window crying and screaming and kicking trying to kick the door in and it's like you're never going to be 26 again sorry it's just never it's done it's over and and the best thing you can do is is look back and kind of go well i did that well i had a good time let's let's wave that off with grace you know what i mean and and acceptance yeah sure and and so moving out of london or um finding acceptance of my relationship with my father or even the, the most kind of like 
the most challenging version of it, you alluded to this, Wave Across the Bay, is about many things, and suicide is a complicated topic, but, um, you know, the song's about Scott Hutchison from Right Rabbit, a dear friend of mine, took his own life, um, and one of the most one of the most difficult thoughts I have about all of that, obviously sadness is the overriding emotion, but, like, there's a sense that Scott didn't screw up, do you know what I mean? He didn't make a mistake. He took a choice. It's not a choice that I wished he'd made, uh, but he took a choice and he followed through with it. And there is a part of me that wants to kind of respect his autonomy. Do you know what I mean? And to find a way of saying, okay, man, I that was you. That was your right to make that choice. And I want to, I, I want to believe that he found the piece that he was looking for on some level, you know, and that's a hard thing to think and to talk about. Um, but that's, that's kind of partly what that song is about. I was, um, I, I didn't know that song was on here. I hadn't done any reading before I played the album. I had it in my earbuds. Uh, I knew Scott through some of my all-time favorite interviews that we've ever done. I had an invitation to come over, you know, and 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 do the hangout and all that stuff. And, of course. I mean, you, you could not know this guy without loving him. Yeah. Just absolutely. I didn't know that song was there. And talk about a fucking sucker punch. <laughs> that as soon as you said the, his name at the beginning, I went, no. <laughs> and not knowing where I was going to go, uh, Frank, I was I was complete tears by the end of that. But in the way that you're sad and celebrating someone at the same time, and it's been years now, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, first, I just want to say that's one of the greatest tributes I have ever heard in song form in my life. Thank you. That's very kind. And that's but 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 it's true. It's um, you know, the the way that that you're talking about him and the way that. You know, he did make a choice. I mean, we're talking about you as a great lyricist, and Scott is one of the the greatest lyricists. The fact that he oh, even told us where he was going to do it, you know, ten years prior in a different song. You know, we were talking about that the the weird complications you have with the person because when he passed, when he died, I was angry, but at the same time, I was like, "You son of a bitch! You're such an artist." Oh. <laughs> I, you know what? I know, I know what you mean, and like I. There was, I mean, it was such a hard time, you know, that when, because there was the period of time when he went missing for a while and the family were trying to organize this kind of outreach and, but he went missing by the bridge, you know, and it was like, I'm going to do what I can, but I have a feeling I know what's happened here. And it was so shit because I spoke to him shortly beforehand, like as in a, a, a week or two beforehand, and he was in a really great place. Um, and he sounded, he did that Master System record instantly, which is one of my favorite things he ever did. That record's fucking phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, and we had a conversation because we were both on tour and I was trying to see if I could coordinate one of my days off to come see them or one of his days off to come see me or whatever. And it, it wasn't going to work. We were you know, in other ends of the country or whatever, but we had a lovely chat and, and, um, you know, so it was a surprise in the short term, whether it was a surprise in the long term, I don't know. Um, that's a, a more difficult question, but you know, I, I, he was, he was, a, he was a shining beacon. The man gave brilliant hugs. He had a smile to light up a room. He was funny. I, and, and also it's important to say I was a fan first, actually. I came across that music. I fell in love with it in summer of 2010. We were on the same festival circuit radio festival circuit in the states together and so we'd be on the same kind of backstage compound every day for like a month and we were in a bus and they were in a van which meant that we got there before them every day so every day i would go and find their dressing room and sit in it until they arrived uh because i was desperate i was like i love this man so much i'm gonna make them my friends and um <laughs> and every day they'd arrive and their band and crew would be like jesus 
Christ, like <laughs> the fucking English guy is here again. And because Scott is such a diamond, his response was to go, hey, man, <laughs> nice to see you. I don't think he had any fucking idea who I was, um, but but we became friends over that summer. So yeah. uh, beautiful guy. Did you did you know that you were going to write this song? I mean, because sometimes you set about something intentionally, but a lot of times, you know, words on a page ended up becoming something else. Yeah, well, the thing about this song and, and like the song that it is it is contained within the lyrics basically um i had a lucid dream that featured scott coming into my bedroom with a guitar and playing me a song and um i woke up and i wrote it down and the only thing i added to it was an introduction pointing out that i recognize that that's an insane thing to say um and indeed that scott would probably be pissed off with me saying that because we were both of us quite atheist rationalist skeptical types and all the rest of it and it's a true story and ultimately obviously what we're talking about is an extreme form of grieving i suppose but i i my wife will attest to it i i got up at like 4 a.m having had this really lucid dream and i went into the spare room at our house and i picked up a guitar and I made a voice note which I still have on my phone that has and I scribbled down you know 16 lines of lyrics or whatever and then I went back to sleep and I woke up in the morning and went holy shit that's a song um and and that's that's fucking weird you know and I recognize that's weird and it's funny a lot of people are like oh that song must have been hard to write and it's like not really it just kind of showed up you know um it, it was hard then to to deliver uh and it was hard I, I consulted with Grant, Scott's brother, who was also in the band, um, about the song. I did a demo of it and sent it to him and said, you know, I'm not going to put this into the world without your um, without your approval, because that would be crazy. And Scott, uh, sorry, Grant was such a diamond about it. He, he wrote back to me a couple of days later and he said, well, I can't listen to it. But, um, but he said, but I think my brother would want you to put this out. And I think that we were a band who dealt in emotionally intense material and um you know and we've done a benefit seven inch for the charity and all this kind of thing as well so um but uh yeah it was uh it came together in a in a spooky way should we say yeah i don't i don't i don't know how you've been doing the set list and live but I, i'd wondered like when you have a song like this could you do you use the opportunity to also you know throw in a frightened rabbit cover along with it i mean is that uh, I, I haven't as yet. I mean, uh, but that's that is a thing I've been toying with. I mean, I I, I have regularly played um, uh, Modern Leper and uh, Scott and I used to play from Modern Leper as a duet together. In fact, I have it tattooed on my wrist as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Like, because <laughs> I am I am playing that song live. It's, some people are like, will you ever play it live? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, it's a great song. But, yeah, right. You know, but like, it's funny. Like, it's a, it's totally fine to introduce the song and to play the song. What I'm slightly struggling with at the moment is like coming out of the song. Like you finish and then it's like, so anyway, <laughs> um, everyone having a good time? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's like, and then people are like, not really, um, <laughs> not anymore. Um, so maybe it has to go at the end of a set or something going forward. Yeah. Know. In my head, and this a total fan moment here. In my head, and because it's also one of my favorite songs he did. As soon as it ended, after like the fourth or fifth time that I heard it, my brain immediately went to the loneliness and the scream. It's like, oh, mm. what a great moment for that song right there. You know, that's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's passing some notes over to you. You're welcome. All right, thank you. They, they, duly noted. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I'll quickly point out, by the way, the way that you've laid out this album, um, grouping certain songs together. You do have what you called your uh, your, your uh, parent trilogy 
Uh, we get that with fatherless. It ends up with Miranda. Uh, I noticed after, I don't know if this is meant to be like this, but even after a wave across the bay, you go with uh, the resurrectionists, which is not thematically about the same thing, but to, to this whole idea of bringing something back to life after we've just talked about sure. someone dying, you know, is well, that part thank, of it? Thank, thank you for noticing. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> like, um, not everybody does, but like, I mean, it's, it, it is like the, the amount of work that goes into things like sequencing a record is is considerable, you know, and there's a lot of thought that, that goes into it and song list choice and, and every, all these things. And, you know, minor gripe, we live in the world of the instant expert on social media and all the rest of it. And it's like, have you thought about this? And it's like, yes, yes, I have actually, <laughs> like more than you, funnily enough. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, but yes, there is there is definite kind of theming to the record for sure. That makes it even extra fun, especially as I'm listening to it. Uh, total shot in the dark here. I don't even think I'm right, by the way, but I was listening to the uh, Perfect Score, uh, song Perfect Score. That riff, it just kept reminding me of something. And I couldn't, I think I eventually landed on maybe Dinosaur Jr. It's got a very Dinosaur Jr. riff to it. Well, it's yeah, it's definitely of a kind of like, I mean, do you know the book Our Band Could Be Your Life by Michael Azarad? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's a pretty decent summation of quite a large chunk of my taste in music so you know there, there's there's definitely that in there but there's also the start of that riff is a little bit of a black flag quote that but is is almost uh nervous breakdown you know so um there's it's a, there's it's a, there are, there's there's a lot of nods going on with the music of that tune i mean actually fun it was really fun to to come at that song and be like there was a moment when we were recording it where it was like oh it sounds a little bit like kind of dookie era green day um and which is not really a thing that i was expecting to come out and then it was and it has lots to do with the bass tone on the record and and tarrant's incredible bass playing but um yeah it was it was a that was a pleasant surprise moment as well it was like oh yeah it kind of does like fuck yeah nice it's a fun one it really is yeah uh, there are uh, lots of great riffs on here uh, i'll end with you know so the record originally ends with farewell to my city and so sure. Then we get the deluxe edition, it's all, which has mm. become almost like the encore of a concert yeah, anymore, you know? <laughs> uh, I've been talking a lot with a lot of artists about how much I miss B-sides, and I, I do understand that this has sort of taken the spot for B-sides a lot of times these days. Yeah. But after the uh, the Zeitbeast, you get this song, uh, House Where I Was Raised. And, you know, I, I don't know if you mean it this way as we talk about sequencing and thematics of a record, because after going through fatherless and 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 everything there and and coming up to it to farewell to my city and now we have house where i was raised in in this almost you know just you and a guitar moments sure where are we left at that point and, and did you consider that song as part of the idea that we're talking about that that song i i really agonized over the placing of that song um because lyrically it's of a piece with quite a lot of the other material on the record and therefore it felt like it belonged but on the flip side you know, it's a little bit of a thing with me and with many other people to always have that one solo acoustic song on a record. And I was kind of rejecting that a little bit this time around. It's like, I don't fucking have to do that if I don't want to, you know, like, and, and I wanted this to be a punk rock record and therefore having a kind of country song in it felt a bit weird. And like, it is, a, and then I use the word country advisedly, and there is a huge part of me that is interested at some point in the medium term of trying to write a proper Chris Christopherson 
George Jones style country record, you know, and there's a there's that kind of simplicity of form and complete the sparseness and the perfection of the lyrics and like every word syllable falls where it's meant to fall and that kind of that style of writing which i personally consider to be quite a lot harder than most others to do well you know um it, and towns van zandt is a huge part of that for me as well uh, and and there's there's just a, an economy to the writing there which is really hard to get right so there was a part of me that was thinking maybe i should save that song and, and put that with another collection of similar songs that would be a thing later but the lyrics kind of go with this and in the end, it, it ended up on the on the bonus tracks. Uh, it still ends up kind of a, a a really great finale for the whole thing. Well, thank you. And by the way, as far as uh, you know, you already got Isbel on the record, so you know, doing something a little bit further on in the country thing. Uh, oh yeah, come again, you know. Anyway. Well, yeah, you know, absolutely. And there's a funny thing that, like, I mean, I think I spend a lot of t most the majority of my waking hours thinking about songwriting in some shape or form right that's my major obsession in life I try and keep a lid on it as far as other people are concerned I don't want to subject everybody to this endlessly but like it's a big thing for me and um, I was chatting with my friend Ginger the other day who is the songwriter for a band called the Wild Hearts who are sort of classic punk rock band over here in the UK and um, we were both agreeing that like there, there's almost there's like an iron cast law of songwriting. The longer you do it, the closer you come to country, because there's something. It's like the platonic ideal, if you know what I mean, of songwriting. To me, is that pure kind of um, Jerry Jeff Walker kind of thing of just like two minutes. Even like I'm a huge Mel Haggard fan as well, and like you know something like um, Sing Me Back Home or Mama Tried or whatever. It's got like a verse and a half, and a chorus and a solo and then another chorus and then you're out and it's just flawless and, it says and everything in that song yeah right? yeah my god like sing me back home destroys me every single time i hear it and and um uh yeah so there's that and i think that over time most songwriters end up kind of in the world of country you know um loretta lynn as well obviously and dolly parton in fact who's one of the greatest songwriters alive um so yeah you know there's 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 definitely that that's a natural part of the process i'm sort of toying with whether or not i'm old enough to actually make a country record yet maybe i, I will say this your, your your lyrics are absolutely good enough that i wouldn't put well, it that's past kind you. that's kind uh, of i really said. wouldn't put it past you yeah uh and and it just goes on further to my compliments of this new record with fthc Frank, uh, congratulations on this. Congratulations on having a number one record and connecting with so many people because Thank this you. is good. Yeah, that's very kind of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> and otherwise, um, I hope you survive okay on 50 uh, states in 50 days. And uh, yeah. we'll see you in Louisville. Yeah, I will. Let's uh, have a possibly non-alcoholic beer around the show. That would be lovely. Can do, man. All right, take care out there. We'll see you soon. See you later, man. Big old thanks to Frank Turner. The new album is called FTHC. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. I do hope you hit the subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, uh, three new episodes every week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with all of your favorite artists. And uh, some new ones that you can be turned on to as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with... Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, 
Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence, as your music and film news, you can also find me on the uh, social media sites, mostly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.